Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Therefore, I write these things being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness, according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 10. Paul spoke very plainly in correcting the Corinthians, choosing his words wisely in epistle, because as he states, if he were to come a third time to them in person to correct them, it would be with sharpness. Yet would these harsh words be to edify and perfect them, not to crush and destroy them. As a good father to his children, as a true servant of God, fearing the judgment, was Paul willing to get serious with his correction, because that he knew the weight of the consequences of allowing them to continue in their rebellion. Many have paid a great weight for the sake that the lost might be saved. Christ, most of all, then after him many a martyr and servant of the Lord. Many gave up their time, energy, desires, ambitions, and lives to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost soul. So great is the sin of one who comes in and disrupts the work of the kingdom with assumptions, ambitions, false doctrine, false words, false teachings, contention, pride, arrogance, and a desire for attention. Those who had not paid the price as Paul had to lay this foundation had come in and begun to dismantle it. And he took it very serious as it was. Yet did he also know that they were immature children in the faith, that though they needed correction, did he still desire to perfect them, that they might grow up into their place in the kingdom, not simply to just reject them. Yet to achieve this, would he need to correct them, and they would need to receive it from him. O Lord, help us who have the experience to have the faith and boldness to speak what you give us to our spiritual children, that they not become reckless, rebellious, and dangerous to the work of the kingdom. Yet likewise, let us determine to be humble enough to receive correction and instruction in righteousness. My friend, I assure you of this, that those who want disciples to follow after them will always seek to lead others, yet will they only ever lead them into error, deception, sin, and damnation, because that the Holy Spirit will not help them. Therefore will it always be another spirit that steps in to equip and use them to do this unto destruction. This is what kept happening in the church of Corinth. 
and Paul was weary of continually having to address it. Yet the true mature disciple of Christ will stop trying to lead everything and everyone and will be happy to simply follow after Jesus. And if others tag along as they do, then so be it. When they began to stray from pride, arrogance, ignorance, or ambition, and God reveals it to them, they will stop, get back into the classroom of the Holy Spirit, their proper position, cry out, repent, worship, and wait on him to come and fix them and all that the enemy has messed up through their assumptuous actions. Know this, that the perfecting of the saints takes submission, humility, and more than anything, patience. James chapter 1 verse 4 tells us this, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The word perfect in the original Greek could be translated as whole, completed, not needing any other thing. Oh, my friend, have patience while the Lord does his perfect work in you, teaching and equipping, lead, guiding, directing, correcting, filling you with revelation. Don't move in assumption or you might be found to be moving against the workings of the Holy Spirit. Do what Jesus said and take the low seat and wait for him to call or to position. Be more willing to follow than to lead, pointing all men to Jesus, and it will happen naturally. Anything else is counter to his character and teachings. God chooses who he pleases, because he knows the end from the beginning. So trust his wisdom more than your own ambition. Desire the prayer closet more than the platform. Desire an audience with heaven more than an audience of men and women. Desire to minister to God. And as you abide in him, he will fill you with his presence and radiate through you in every situation so that he himself will minister to men. After all, all we really have to offer them that has any real power or value is him. Remember that Jesus himself said in John chapter 12, verse 32, that if I be lifted up from the earth, then will I draw all men unto me. Lord, help us today to lay down every desire for vainglory, attention, and ambition. Let us do as Smith Wigglesworth said, when he said, if you desire to truly be used mightily of the Lord, the first thing you have to do is to be delivered from the desire to be seen and be heard. Because this is not about us. This is about him. It's not for our glory or the glory of men. It's about his. It's not about what we can build for ourselves, a platform to stand on in this lifetime to be seen or adored. It's about him and what he's bringing forth for the generation that they might see his glory 
manifested in the earth in something bigger than us, bigger than we can build ourselves or with our hands, bigger than our ambitions, for it has not even entered into the hearts or the minds or the imaginations of man, the things that God has in store for those who love and trust him. But he's not going to do it through one person. He's going to do it through the body. And he's not going to do it through one generation. He's going to do it through the ages. And he's not going to do it from one stage. He's going to do it from all of the lowly, unexpected places so that he gets glory, so that no flesh can glory in his presence. He's going to do what we can't because he is the almighty, all-sufficient, El Shaddai, Lord God, almighty. Sometimes what he really needs is for you to take your hands out of it, step back and pray and praise and simply believe. Lord, we want you to lead and to fix all of the things that we've messed up when we put our hands to the wheel and started driving and took ourselves and others off course in the process. Lord, forgive us of the sin of impatience We thank you, God, that you love us enough to correct us and let us be thankful today and thank God for those voices of correction that God has placed in our lives. Thank God for the Nathans that were willing to put their finger in the faces of their Davids and say, you are the man, that he might see his own guiltiness and fall on his face before God in repentance because that he realized how badly he missed it and get back on course while there was still a chance to fix it. He humbled himself before the correction of the Holy Spirit that came to him through the voice of a man. The flesh likes to be flattered and fluffed, but thank you, Lord, for those who love us enough to tell us the truth about us. Paul said that he wrote these things in a letter because that if he saw them face to face again, his words would be spoken with sharpness. Lord, do what you've got to do because your word is a double-edged sword. It is able to pierce the heart. Oh, Lord, let it prick us if we need that conviction. Let it cut out the sin, compromise, complacency, and rebellion. Oh, Lord, circumcise our heart. You know, in Abraham's day, One of the conditions that God gave for him being in covenant with him to receive all of these great and mighty covenant promises was the condition of circumcision. It was a way for Abraham to show forth that he had faith in what God had to say. But in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, we're told in the New Testament that we are required to partake of a circumcision of the heart. Instead, this is part of our New Testament covenant. In Romans chapter 2 and chapter 3, it tells us very plainly that we have to allow the fleshliness of our heart to be cut away. You see, you've got to let him cut those things out of your heart that are not pleasing to the Lord. We were told even in Old Testament times that the day would come, he would put a new heart within us and a new spirit. He would cut away that which makes us hard-hearted towards him and towards our fellow men. How can you expect him to do this unless you are willing to be pricked in your heart and in your spirit? 
by the sharp sword of the word of the Lord. In other words, you've got to be willing to be corrected. Oh, praise God if you can get that in your prayer closet. But sometimes we really just don't see ourselves clearly enough. So God's got to send us a Nathan. Let us not despise, reject, or hate him for speaking the truth to us. Don't let offense, bitterness, or arrogance get in. Receive correction with humility, lowliness, and meekness of spirit, and you will be healed because, my friend, he is the great physician, but sometimes he's just got to cut some stuff out of you, some stuff that maybe the enemy spoke and took root, some weeds, some bad seeds, some bitterness, some envy, some pride, some false doctrine, some false teachings. Get in the classroom with the Holy Spirit. Take the low seat and let him lead. Jesus said that he came to bind up the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind and liberty to the captive. We like to think, oh yes, Holy Spirit, fill me and send me to do these great and mighty things. But my friend, he came to do it to you. If he chooses to do it through you, then so be it. But you can't control what others receive. You can only control what comes to you. So receive the truth humbly and let the goodness purity and perfection of his words be proved in you fully not just in certain areas but entirely let us be perfected lacking and wanting nothing because that we were willing to be patient and to receive correction by the holy spirit even if it came with sharpness because you see, my friend, the word of God is a mirror. He puts it before us and lets us see ourselves as we truly are. He gives us the opportunity to clean the spots up. But if we choose to ignore it or reject it, or even grow to accept those filthy blemishes, sometimes they can root in and become cancerous to the body. Then the word's going to have to come as a sword to cut it out. But just as Paul said, he doesn't do it to destroy. He does it as the great physician trying to heal and mend that which is broken in the body so that he can bring it back to that state of perfection. So, Lord, we pray for meekness, patience, and wisdom that we might be able to receive these things when you bring it to us, rather in the form of a mirror or a sword, that we might be able to receive these things with maturity, ever seeking to grow in grace and in the power of the kingdom, never thinking that we've already attained and achieved and are here only to lead others. But Lord, let us be led by you. And if we are followed as we do, then so be it. That's up to you. And help us today, Lord, to see those who are willing to be the tool of your sharpness towards us when those times need come. Help us to be thankful and grateful and appreciative and not bitter or remorseful towards them. Help us to see them as Nathans and not as opposition. Lord, today we pray that you bless them for their faithfulness and that you help us to be more like them as we mature into the fullness of what you have for us. Sons and daughters in your kingdom that rightly represent your pure righteousness. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. 
To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.